Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group, a weekly webinar meeting at this time. Today is March 2nd, 2020. The purpose of the webinar is twofold, to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles. So if you resonate to the idea of planetary service and would like to form a triangle, or if you are already a member of triangles and would like to form another triangle, you can place your name in the chat box here and hopefully two other members of the webinar will agree to form a triangle with you. And the second purpose underlying these webinars is to create a platform for those people who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work is simply the establishing of a line of lighted, loving communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangular link every day. Three people work together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. The triangle which they're visualizing and forming is then placed within the larger framework of the planetary network of triangles. And then the great invocation, a world prayer, is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds that can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day, and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And if you'd like to find out more information about triangles, you can go to our website, triangles.org. And there's also a form you can fill out there that will permit entry into an online platform where you can also find triangles, people throughout the planet who are well, well looking for to form more triangles. So if you want to form a triangle, you should be able to. And those of us who are members of triangles are the ones who can most assuredly um, help the planetary network to grow. Alice Bailey said the obvious. She said the opportunity of each new triangle is formed is then the two people who are new members can go out and present the idea to two other new people and then encourage those new peoples to, people to reach out to others. And so that way the network grows organically without a lot of um, social media work. It's really more people, one-to-one, -one reaching out. So after our visualization and meditation this week, we have a guest, uh, Simon Marlowe, from our London offices of Lucis Trust. And he's going to present some thoughts for us to ponder on London, the planetary center. So we very much look forward to hearing from Simon 
So now, as we always do, <clears throat> let's begin with a brief visualization. Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. Now visualize within that sphere a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, from point to point, merging and blending the three points filling the triangle with light. Now, superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher linking east and west, past and present, radiating the energies of love, wisdom. At each point of this star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the triangle and star out through the five points of the star.
visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Thank you. Just a brief introduction on some of the main information that we're given for these five planetary centers. We can think of them as a more macrocosmic parallel to the centers that exist within our own etheric body. And as the visualization attempted to portray, these centers are etheric. And if we visualize the etheric network of the planet as a great vehicle for the Christ or the world teacher to radiate his energies, we know that in our work together in triangles, we make use of these five planetary centers as points of distribution. So just like in our physical vehicles, or etheric vehicles, I should say, we have points where uh, the particular chakra governing um, has a relationship to the part of the body that is in its neighborhood, you might say. So too with the planetary centers. They're not simply related to the country in which they're placed, but they're related as our centers are to a larger area. So in the case of London, we're given that the centers, that center relates to the whole um, commonwealth of nations, which today still have a strong relationship with the UK. And I'm sure Simon will 
touch upon that points related to that. And the energy, just for everyone to know, the energy pouring through that center as it functions in a planetary level is the first ray of will or power. And the Tibetan does tell us that is the predominant energy that we sense from the London center. And the sign that governs is the sign of Gemini, a very nice balance to that first ray energy because Gemini is primarily a vehicle for the second ray of love wisdom. So it's a very strong one-two combination there. And for the center Darjeeling, as Steve brought forward so beautifully last week, we have another ray one center. And this time it does correspond to the soul ray of India. And it works through Scorpio. And so that center is very much related to the countries surrounding the Asian, the Asian point there. Whereas Tokyo, the other Ray One center, is more related to the far Eastern Asia. And it's governed by the sign of Cancer. The New York center is ruled and worked through the Ray energy of the sixth Ray which relates to the personality ray of the United States, which happens to be a sixth ray also. It's ruled by the sign of cancer. So the New York Center certainly has a strong relationship to the masses of humanity. So the energies, it makes sense therefore that the energy of New York is contained within the two primary planetary centers, New York, London and Darjeeling is one planetary triangle. And then the second one is Tokyo, Geneva, and New York. So the energy of New York being in both those centers, those triangles, uh, radiates forth to the masses of humanity. And then finally, the Geneva Center, we're told, is an inlet for the second ray of love, wisdom, and is governed by the sign of Leo, which also is a very powerful inlet for second ray energy. So we can note that there's a, not all of the rays are um, represented in these five planet centers. In fact, three of them are all governed by the first ray. And we can assume that just as an individual and a nation has a change in its ray makeup over long, long periods of time, Perhaps, too, at a planetary level, these five centers have a shift in their ray, uh, predominant ray energy over long, long periods of time. But because of the need, all of it corresponds to the need of the Logos at any particular time. And so, obviously, this triple representation of the first ray has a strong correlation with the fact that first ray energy is needed, especially to be appropriated by the disciples of the world, and that we are ready and able in some measure to do so. And so we're working in conjunction with the highest center on our planetary life, the center Shambhala. So now let's 
link together as a group prior to our meditation. Let's link as a group soul, a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. lift our consciousness into the center Shambhala and sound the affirmation of will together. In the center of the will of God I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network.
Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere.
Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done by the words as they're poured out. Let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now we are happy to hear from Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello. Can you hear I'm me? I'm here. I don't and, hear you, um, Simon. Um, <laughs> right. Hello, Simon. Hello. Can you hear me? Um, Perhaps your microphone is muted. 
No, it's not. If you can see the icon. Oh, you can hear Simon. I can't. Okay. Well, can I'm you? glad um, I can't hear though. So go ahead, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, London and the planet. And it's been so interesting to think about the role and effect on the world of a capital city and a planetary center like London. We can imagine from an inner perspective that the soul of London has always been there, waiting for the time to incarnate in order to serve humanity. Outwardly, London came about because it was the last place on the River Thames that you could easily cross when the tide was out before you got to the sea. And from this minor beginning, it gradually developed into an important trading port and eventually became uh, the capital of England. And as England grew and expanded by incorporating Wales, Ireland and Scotland, it became known as the United Kingdom. And cutting a very long story short, London emerged in the 19th century as the centre and hub of the largest empire the world had ever seen. This was achieved through, I think, very moral, uh, questionable personality methods, which caused much exploitation and suffering. But it also, I think, confirmed, conferred great benefits. And we can look at one or two of them. In the field of science, for example, it excelled. The Royal Society was established in London in the 17th century. It promoted intellectual excellence and research. The Society's Latin motto, nullius in verba, means take nobody's word for it. It is an expression of the determination to discount conventional authority and patterns of thought and instead to verify all statements by an appeal to facts determined by experiment. As an aside, what a wonderful motto this could be for all who are treading the spiritual path. Members of the society from its beginning to the present day include Sir Isaac Newton, Benjamin Franklin, Charles Darwin, and in our own time, the famous physicist Stephen Hawking, and Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web. Another thing, focusing around Parliament in London, Britain led the way in the fight to abolish the slave trade. And it also gave birth to the two most important economic theories that have influenced human thinking and dominated politics in both hemispheres in the last two centuries. This is the theory of free market capitalism originating from the work of Adam Smith who invented the phrase, the invisible hand of the market. Well, a bit later, Karl Marx developed his theory of communism embodied in Das Kapital, which he wrote in the reading room of the, of the British Museum in London. It is an economic and political system that can be summed up in its famous maxim, from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. I think they've both played an important part in improving the life and state of mind of humanity. So we can see how London transformed from a minor, minor trading port 
into the major city that viewed the world as a whole. Of course, in the beginning, this was from the point of view of self-aggrandizement and the selfish acquisition of wealth and power. But as we all know, whether we are talking about an individual person or a national identity, this is a necessary and preparatory stage of development that prepares and integrates the form into a vehicle for the eventual use by the soul in service. Following two world wars and the evolution of her empire into a commonwealth of equals, London matured into the active and spiritual planetary center that we know today. In her book, The Destiny of the Nations, which was written in the late 1940s, Alice Bailey describes London in the following words. The force which is centered in London is that of the first ray of will or power in its building aspect, not its destroying aspect. It is the service of the whole which is being attempted and the effort is to express the law of synthesis. The energy expressing itself through London and the Commonwealth will powerfully contribute to establishing a world order of intelligent justice and a fair economic distribution. The keynote of London is I serve. She goes on to suggest in her book, Esoteric Astrology, that we shall see the United States moving onto the path of discipleship through a release from its present self-centered policies. At the same time, the focus of the power in London, when that's rightly oriented and is released into increased effectiveness by purification of motive, then the united effect of both these clarifications will be human liberation. This is a stupendous thought and a wonderful vision. And I think here we have the esoteric cause of what we outwardly term the special relationship between the US and Great Britain. So what is this human liberation? Perhaps we can suggest that it is the liberation of humanity into the life of the soul. And this will itself produce all those necessary lesser liberations, for example, from want and fear, that has been such a characteristic of the life of humanity up to the present time. I think it's important to make one observation here. A city like London, or anyone, uh, any other one for that matter, is able to manifest the life of its soul just insofar as the people who live and work there are themselves able to respond to the vision and energy of the soul. This will always fluctuate, of course, but we should be looking for a general trend upwards. This brings us, uh, therefore, to a consideration of the state of affairs today. On the surface, things are by no means as good as one could wish. The anticipation and desire of hierarchy was that the progressive purification of motive should be an important characteristic of the quality of life in the London centre. This means that the narrow nationalisms of the past should be being left behind and the quality of sacrifice on behalf of the whole should be becoming a dominant trait. Sadly, we seem to be going through a time when the motives and vision of the soul are tending to be obscured by a recrudescence of just that sort of separative nationalism 
we can see this happening all over the world at the moment. But for now, just let us concentrate on London. The political upheavals in Britain over the past two or three years are a real wake-up call to us all to refocus on the vision and purpose of London as a planetary centre, dedicated to service of the whole. I think there are two paths of action here. The first and principal one for those people who are spiritually alive and deeply connected with London is to intensify their inner life. We need to magnetize the link with the soul and through that become more aware of the details of the plan for humanity and specifically how London as a planetary centre can play its part. The key to this, I think, is the ability of those serving disciples working within the aura of the London Centre to focus on the constructive aspect of the first ray. Amongst other things, this means using love as a power to build worldwide relationships that reflect wholeness. This wholeness is not some mystical wish or vague dream. It is actually the foundational reality of the inner world of the soul and the spiritual will. The other major duty of London as a planetary centre is to help achieve a fair economic distribution. We need to remember that money is an enabling energy and it depends on the motives of the people involved as to what effect it has on humanity and the world. Well used, it can bring great benefits and still make a profit. Then everyone is a winner. Selfishly used, it exacerbates human and planetary difficulties and misery and everyone loses. An asset in working for this is that London is one of the major financial centers of the world. Can London, under the influence of those disciples working in finance, direct the ethos of service and right sharing into this field of human activity? This is what we should be aiming at, I think. In this respect, it's interesting to remind ourselves of the book, The Spirit Level, by Kate Pickett and Richard Wilkinson, which was published about a decade ago. It is an in-depth statistical analysis that shows the pernicious effects that inequality has on all societies. Inequality erodes trust, increases anxiety and illness, and encourages excessive consumption. It shows that for many social indicators, like divorce levels, crime rate, drug abuse, and so on, outcomes in more unequal societies are significantly worse. This applies right across the financial spectrum from the very poor to the very rich. Conversely, in countries where there is greater financial equality, the outcomes are much better, and everyone is better off, obviously the poor, but also the rich too. Here is where London can surely lead the way. So, as a final thought, let's draw on the opportunities and energies we have. Let's resist the temptation to be utopian and make our sense of vision realistic and practical. Progress comes by small, manageable and realistic steps. So many people are very worried about what the future holds. So let's prove that the best way to predict our collective future 
is to create it. There we go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simon. Those were very thought-provoking sharing that you gave to us. So now we come to the point in the webinar where we hear from, we like to hear from the people who are participating. And if anyone would like to share a comment or question with Simon, you can click on your name in the participants box and we'll unmute your microphone, or you can place a comment in the chat box. Um, while we're waiting I, for people to formulate a thought, I have a question that you've touched on it, of course, in your presentation, but maybe you have some other thoughts to share. Um, what strength and strengths and liabilities within the London Center contribute and also detract from its ability to fulfill its function to serve the whole? What needs to shift to enable London to better serve its keynote? That's a, a basic and major question. Yeah. And the principle for me is that anything that hinders, you can put down to personality obstacles. Yes. And really, we're talking specifically about London, but it's actually the situation for humanity as a whole, yeah. is that we have to leave personality issues behind and transpose into the world of the soul. Yes. And that is the only way forward. Yeah. If we don't do that, then misery will come. And do you see and indications of that happening? Um, well, for example, you know, that book I quoted by yeah. um, the Spirit Level, and there are many other um, initiatives looking at sort of financial responsibility and you know having an economy that's not based that's not debt based so the economy the you know the economy we have at the moment is can only survive with growth mm. and we, we all know that growth um in terms of physical consumption of things is simply unsustainable. Right. Um, I think um, David Attenborough said um, there are only people who think that you can have a permanently growing economy are either fools or economists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that sort of gets the nail on the head for me. Yeah, yes. So serving the whole, like you said, entails all these planetary centers and the people that are associated with them collectively the, uh, working. The, um, yeah, but the interesting thing is that the con contribution of, for example, senior parliamentarians in Britain, uh, like Gordon Brown, mm -hmm. who was prime minister for a short time, but his work with the you know, Sustainable Development Goals and the UN is exemplary. Mm -hmm. So rather than seeing it come through London, 
I think you're seeing people who've been touched by the quality of the London Centre actually being part of international solutions to human problems. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so if you'd like to look in the chat and see um, Dave, David Krimi has one. If you see that one. Can you, can you dare an interpretation of the separation of UK from the EU? Is there a subtle meaning? That's um, a very interesting question too. Uh, when the referendum came out with the result, narrow margin in favor of leaving the EU, I felt very distressed because for me, the EU, you could go all the way through it and all the borders of the past and customs post had just vanished. Mm -hmm. And it was um, like an experiment to fulfill uh, DK's description of a world without borders. Yeah. Know that the absolute um, exemplar of separateness was the, the need for passports. Yeah. Um, and you, can, you could go anywhere in Europe without passports. Yes. And uh, so I, I th think myself it's a very great mistake. But um, I think also there, is, there are so many servers, both in Europe and in, in Britain, that actually it will be, it'll be difficult, but I think we will go forwards. Yeah. Do you see a subtle meaning behind it or not so subtle meaning behind it? The question asks. Well, I suppose the, um, the question is, should Britain have ever been a part of Europe in the first place? And I think it was Churchill in 1947, looking at the ruins of Europe after the Second World War. And he said, you know, I, I see the, the way for the future is a United States of Europe. Mm -hmm. And I think he was right. And I think he still is right. And yeah. the, people say, you know, how can you belong to one organization and then another? But of course, we're all part of many groups yeah. Just because we're part of a family doesn't mean to say we can't be a part of the New York Guild of Singers. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can, we all belong to many groups and it's, you know, so enriching to our lives. And yeah. I think Britain can be part of Europe, it can be part of the Commonwealth, it's part of the United Nations. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, let's see. Um, someone is asking again for the name and author of the book that you quoted. Um, uh, it's 
let me just get it so I've got it right. Kate Pickett and Richard Wilkinson, okay. and the name of the book was The Spirit Level. Mm -hmm. And uh, so David Trice says, uh, has Brexit augmented London Centre or hindered it? And I think it's actually hindered it. Mm. But maybe like all things that are crises in our lives, that eventually it will be a big learning experience. And Of course. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing is that, I mean, we all know that humanity and the world is going through a very critical time. Yeah. We don't have unlimited time to have the leisure for these um yeah. experiments yeah that's why you know the first ray of london has got to see the vision and help materialize it yeah and as you said that all of the problems are related to personality and certainly this from one angle you could look at brexit as a a manifestation of the first ray personality of the uk but there's a higher first ray energy working through London as a planetary center. So hopefully that first ray energy can be used, utilized to... Yes, I mean, it's isolationism yeah. versus the sense of the whole. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting to actually experience through that. And my rule of thumb was, look at the people who are in favor of London leaving Europe, and Britain leaving Europe. And they were all people, I mean, Vladimir Putin was one, mm -hmm. whom it's in Russia's interest that the European Union experiment should fail. Yes. And when you look at those sort of personality-driven policies, then um, it just exposes the motive and highlights the reason why we should have stayed which was of service mm -hmm. i think yeah um there's a comment by nick ortiz q and uh, if you see that one he's he says the uk will return to the eu once it gets in touch with its soul again the UK has a role to fulfill upon the greater whole where it belongs. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. I, I wonder about that because in some ways uh, Europe is an experiment and I think if Europe does disintegrate, which is not impossible, yeah. um, then it will re it'll have to regroup. And I think it might well be a groupings of Northern Europe yeah. and the Scandinavian countries and yeah. the Mediterranean parts of Europe. Yeah. And uh, that's might be even more in line with how the Tibetans saw it. Yeah. 
So there's a great deal of hope despite yeah. outer outer conditions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some more comments there. Yes. Well, I, I think maybe we'll just um, close for today and to thank you so much um, for sharing your thoughts and insights with us. And we'll just take a moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world, and thank you again. Okay, well, it's been lovely to participate. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Simon.